Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. everybody welcome afternoon drive goodman mason watch us mileisports.com you can reach us on the rocky mountain forest products twitter feed at mace denver at eric goodman if you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public for your next project go to rmfp.com in the meantime golf season finally here what should you do go to optimum golf in either park hill or rhino set up your game upfit your game with custom fit custom-built clubs. They will do that for you, and they do it as well as anybody in the business. And if your game needs a little fine-tuning, no problem. You can work with their award-winning pros with lessons or clinics at both locations, and they're doing it outside at the Aurora Hills Golf Course. Plus, keep your swing in shape by going to any one of their virtual bays. You play some of the best courses in the world, and here's my favorite part. We're giving away 100 bucks in the second hour of the show. And you'll be able to use that for a couple of hours, one of those virtual bays, or get a lesson from uh, my guy, Kyle, who teaches my daughter, and he's fantastic. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. Well, somebody had a busy weekend covering the draft. How you doing, man? I'm all right. I'm, I survived another one. Are you ready for a day off? Uh, what's that? Or do you consider doing this show a day off? I'll get a day off probably on Saturday. Okay. Because like, I'm not just doing this show today. Um, I obviously have a podcast in the morning, but also I am writing an article for one of the preview magazines, like the Broncos section of it, mm-hmm. and that's due tonight. So okay. I was working on that yesterday. I was working on it a bit this morning. When I get done with this show, I'll pick that up. So yeah, today was, even though I enjoy talking with you, today wasn't, an, this isn't a day off for me. The day off is, is a ways away. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. Started off with this overall thoughts of the draft for the Broncos. For what they had, it wasn't bad. I mean, there you, you can quibble. You can quibble with some picks. You can quibble with uh, the the value of you know. Could they have waited to pick certain players? All that, um, but it wasn't it wasn't bad considering they weren't on the board until sixty four. They did get a day two pick next year in a trade by trading uh, the ninety sixth pick overall, getting a third rounder next year. So that they did help out. They did help out their uh, cl- their their collection of picks for twenty twenty three as much as they could. Um, they weren't gonna. They weren't gonna get immediate help at, at at everything that they could have used immediate help at. But it was all right. It, it was all right. I'm gonna tell you a story. I'm gonna tell you a story about a guy that I know that was a first round draft pick. He's a former Broncos player. And when I see people evaluating the draft, especially right after it ended, what are my thoughts on the draft? How do the Broncos do? I can tell you measurables. I can tell you how guys look on tape. I can tell you what people think of him as a player. But you know what I can't tell you? Heart? Yes. 
who really wants to be great at this game? And this is what I mean. I've told you this story before, but now I'm going to take this story and put it in a different context. I was standing out of Broncos training camp one year. There was a former Bronco standing next to me. And I said to him, do you miss being out there? He said, not one bit. I said, why? He said, I never really liked football. I played football because I was supposed to play football. I was big. I was strong. And people expected me to play. I think it's fair to say the guy that I'm referring to probably never fully realized his potential. And he had all the measurables. And he was a first round pick. And he was a good player. Wasn't a great player. But he was a very good player. But if he had the burning desire to be great, like a lot of players in this league, this guy would have been a multiple pro bowler. He was a first round pick. So what do I think of the draft? I don't know what's in these kids heads. I know what the measurables are. I know what they look like on tape, but I don't know who has the want to. And you know what? Neither does Warren Sharp. Neither do some of these draft experts. Neither does Mel Kuyper Jr. or Todd McShay or any of them. There's another thing as well. It's not just want to. A lot of these guys, they get, they get to the NFL. They have to deal with failure as a football player for the first time in their life. Like, all of a sudden, like, you've been told every step. If you make it to the NFL, most of those guys, not all, but most, it's been nothing but smiles and sunshine, peaches and cream. You've always been the best at what you do. Then you get to the NFL and you find out you're just another really good player. But this guy didn't yeah. have the want to but that, but that's, be great. But that, that's, that, that's the other thing, though. It's not just the want to. It's how do you handle getting knocked on your butt. Right. How do you handle something that has been relatively easy for you your entire life all of a sudden being difficult because right. you're at the highest level? And right. that's, that's another thing that we just don't know. And that's why the philosophy that the Broncos have with George Payton, which is once they get past those first few picks, they prioritize special teams. Right. That's a really interesting philosophy because what you're talking about is you're then picking the guys who maybe they have had some adversity. Like they haven't been a starter. They had to play extended amounts of times on special teams in college and they fought their way into more prominent roles. And so maybe the ceiling isn't as high, but I think the floor is higher right. on a lot of the players the Broncos have taken the last two years. Some guys just have ridiculous skills like Yvonne Miller, and they can get by on talent alone. But most guys have a lot of talent because you're going to be a first-round pick if you have a lot of talent. But are you going to maximize that talent? Are you going to reach your potential every day? Even if Von Miller was at 80% during his first three, four years, he was still damn good because he was so extremely talented and more talented than almost anybody else on the field. With that, George Payton has spoken a lot about the need to develop a long-term option at right tackle. Broncos did not take a tackle for the fifth consecutive draft. Now, for Payton, this is his second consecutive draft. So I'm not going to talk about the John Elway era, but then again, when you're taking guys like Michael Schofield and Tyson Brylow, maybe you shouldn't be taking a tackle because you don't have an eye for that position. But I digress. Peyton said the ball, the board did not fall his way to take a tackle. You buying that? Well, you can force it if you don't, uh, if, 
if you're not completely sold. I mean, they could have forced. Let's, let's here's an example: a guy who seemed to fit the traits of an outside zone tackle is Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan, who is originally from Austria. Broncos could have taken him at 64. They could have taken him at pick 75, but they traded down from 75 and ended up taking the tight end out of UCLA. So I think sometimes it's okay. Maybe the consensus likes a guy, but they didn't like that player as much as it as you would think. I don't. And the other thing is, if you go in, if you go into the draft with multiple directions, you can go in. Then you can say, okay, we'll we'll see how it, we'll see how it falls, and if that guy isn't there, we move on. I think it's. I, I don't think they like to go in being tethered to one position, and I think they believed that they were certainly at 64, for example, I think they believed that Nick Bonito was a better value than Nicholas Petit Frere out of Ohio state. He went 69, Abraham Lucas, Washington state. He went pick 72 and then Raymond, like I mentioned went 77. They simply thought that a premium position like edge rusher was probably better value than taking a tackle at 64. You know what we just learned about George Payton and we talk about this stuff all the time. Do you take the best player available or do you take a position based on need? You know, we just learned the Broncos have a need for a young tackle, but Peyton keeps going with the best available player. Bravo, George, because that's how I would do it as well. Is he supposed to appease Broncos fans and take a right tackle? He's not crazy about because we know we need a right tackle, although three guys are competing for the right tackle position. And by all accounts, Billy Turner is a much better player now than he was when he was with the Broncos. They just don't have what appears to be a multi-year solution right now. And that's okay. They have, I mean, Turner is on a one-year contract. And the thing is, you can keep... You can always resign him yeah, you, you if, can, he's, well, if he's good. You can, and all the other thing is, if we're not talking about QB, edge rusher, cornerback one... You can go year to year at a few at some positions on the roster. You you can it and keep signing a second or third tier free agent. You have that luxury. You have that luxury because you've got great players at other positions. Even the greatest teams in NFL history didn't have premium players at every spot on the roster. Look, I mean, some sometimes you just get you got some spots where you're just going with you're you're just going with a year to year solution. That's okay. Okay. I understand what Garrett Bowles is today, but after the first three years, there isn't a person on the planet that would have predicted what he would have done in year four. Is that fair to say? Fair to say, yes. Everybody knew that knows anything about football and anybody that doesn't know anything about football knows the Broncos were taking a tackle with their first pick in the first round. Is that fair to say? Everybody knew it. Even people who didn't know anything about football knew the Broncos were going to take a tackle. Is that fair to say? That was as obvious as the sun coming up tomorrow morning. Everybody knew it. That's all that was talked about. They knew they needed a left tackle. We all knew they were going to take a tackle, whether it be Ramchek or Garrett Bowles. Fair statement? The only other possibility was O'Shea Howard, the tight end out of Alabama that year, who went right before Bowles. Okay. I don't know if they would have taken O.J. Howard. But we know they desperately needed a tackle. That was a position that they selected out of pure need. And how did that look the first three years? It looked like a busted pick. They picked Paxton Lynch out of need, too. That's right. 
you pick the best player available. I have no idea how good Benito is going to be, but apparently George Payton thinks he's going to be better than the other tackles. Well, the other thing also to consider is, I mean, there's a, there's a possibility of Benito, Benito, even though he said, hey, you need as many edge rushers as you can get. There's a possibility Benito do, doesn't play all that much this year. Not only because of Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb, although both of them have had issues staying on the field, but you're already working Baron Browning at edge, and you have Jonathan Cooper, who, if not for the heart condition, probably a third-round pick last year. So what you, But what you've done is this. Right now, you have Baron Browning, who used a late third-round pick on last year. Jonathan Cooper was a seven, but probably is about a round three level talent. And you have Nick Benito, who you picked at the end of round two of this year. If one of, if one of those three ends up being a long-term starter at mm-hmm. edge rusher or premium right. position, right. you're ecstatic. What you're at, it's the and it, it goes back to his overall theory of having as many darts as possible to throw at the board, right? Mm-hmm. He's got three darts. None of them were prime prospects. But they had they had some med, they had some talent they had some attributes. If one of Benito Cooper and Browning become a long term starter on the edge, they're ecstatic. And you know what? I don't think they particularly care which one becomes a starter. Coming up after the break, it's going to be the Avs and the Predators tomorrow night at Ball Arena. John Michael Lyles, former Avs defenseman, joins us next to preview this upcoming series. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in our friend John Michael Lyles, one of the best American-born defensemen of all time. At least that's one person's opinion, and that's mine. Of course, you remember him with the Avalanche number four. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm doing great. I appreciate that introduction. I, I, I was wondering who that whose opinion that might be. <laughs> well, I was talking to Phil Housley, and he decided to give that honor to you. Oh, yeah, that's uh, yeah, very, very well uh, deserving from Phil Housley. <laughs> <laughs> With that, how good do you feel about this team entering the playoffs as they are as healthy as they have been all season? Yeah, they are. I mean, unfortunately, Nazem Kadri's missed the last two skates with uh, what they're saying is non-COVID illness. So 
um, you know, that, that throws a little bit of a curveball, but hopefully he'll be able to go tomorrow night. And, um, yeah, this team is as healthy as, as they've been all season. So I'm looking forward to it. I know, um, you know, there's some question marks from the Nashville side. And, uh, I mean, if this Avs team plays the way they're capable, I don't know that there's many teams that can hang with them. Uh, I would say there's probably two or three in the league that can really hang with them when they're playing up to their capabilities. Is the health going into the playoffs the biggest difference between this year and the last couple of years, or are there other factors? And if so, what are those differences? Well, it's definitely a big factor. Uh, you know, years past they've had some health issues going into the playoffs, but they've had a lot of health issues going through the playoffs as well. And that's you know part of it is the team that you have assembled. Part of it's luck with uh, with some of those injuries and being able to you know to to be relatively healthy in, in a long playoff run and. Uh, you know, I think at the the trade deadline, they you know they addressed some needs. I mean, Josh Manson, I think, is uh, you know a, a good um, physical presence on the back end. I'd love to see Eric Johnson and, and Jack Johnson, guys like that, really step up the physicality in the playoffs because that's something you need to complement you know the Bo Byrams and the Sam Gerrards and the Camel Cars. Um, but yeah, I think there's there's a lot of factors that, that go into it. But uh, you know, having health from day one in the playoffs, I mean, you cannot underestimate that. How good do you feel about Kemper going into this series? Because really, to win a cup, you have to ride the goalie. Well, your goalie has to be really good. Um, your goalie does have to be really good. But at the same time, I think he has been really good for a good portion of the season. Yes, there's been a hiccup here and there. But when you look at um, really any team, I mean, they're going to have those hiccups, whether it's you know your power play, your penalty kill, um, you know five on five scoring, goaltending throughout the season. There's never going to be a perfect season, especially when it's 82 game, games long before you even get to the playoffs. So Kemper has, uh, I think, he silenced a lot of his critics. And um, you know what? When he gets hot, I, I don't know that uh, that there's many goalies that can you know that can outplay him. And you know, one of them is the, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champion would be Andre Vasilevsky, is somebody that I would look at, but. Darcy Kemper has played well, uh, you know, for the majority of this season. What kind of matchup is Nashville for the Avs in this first round? They're going to be a tough physical matchup. I mean, I look at their coaching staff. John Hines, I actually had him in juniors um, as a coach, and, and uh, Danny Hino is one of the assistants. And so you kind of know what you're going to get from them. I mean, they've got some guys. It's funny, like you look at Nashville has two 40 goal scorers, and the Avs have zero 40 goal scorers. So um, they've got some guys that can put the puck in the net. In terms of Philip Forsberg, and you know our old friend Matthew Shane had a had a tremendous bounce back year for them. Roman Yossi, um, you know, battling Kale McCarr for for the Norris. It's uh, it's going to be tough because you know what Nashville plays a physical game and they, and they um, you know they're they're a no nonsense type of team. Yes, they've got some skill, but they chip it in and they they take runs at you and finish every check. I mean, it was evident the other night when uh, when they played in uh, you know at Ball Arena that was going to be the game that uh, that that they focus on and the Avs have to be prepared for that because it's uh, you know the Avs can run and gun they can play a, a grittier game but they need to mentally prepare for that gritty game against a team like Nashville and and realistically i mean Nashville's going to try and grind it down in terms of you know scrums after the whistle and things like that and um, you know the Avs just have to be able to walk away and and uh, you know keep focusing on the job at hand You've had drinks with Danny Highnote, as have I. Uh, do you think he is a better coach with two pitchers of beer in him or without two pitchers of beer with him? Because that guy has an iron stomach like no one I've ever met. Oh, man, I would be more worried about the Jaeger bombs with Danny than the uh, two pitchers of beer with him. <laughs> 
does seem to hit his sweet spot after uh, after about two pitchers and maybe one or two Jaeger bombs. He 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 seems to be at his most effective. But um, you know, he's one of the best people I've ever met. I had the privilege of living with him my first three years in the NHL, and um, just a guy that I still um, talk to a lot to this day, and and uh, you know, just have the utmost respect for. So you know what you're going to get with him. He's a tremendous assistant coach in the NHL. Um, the players that he has on his team love playing for him, and um, you know what? It's uh, it'll be interesting because you always you always want to root for uh, for good friends, but I, you know, I'm still still rooting for the Avs. As his roommate, I don't I don't want to get sidetracked on Danny Hynope, who's probably one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. Yeah. How was he able to go on benders? And I, I mean, again, I've had I've had more than a few beers with him. Benders pretty much all night. And yet, show up for practice the next day, and you would never know. Well, he had a, he had an uncanny ability to um, to find his way at the back of every line for every drill when he had those <laughs> all night benders. So he just he would just blend in with the guys, and he would you'd all of a sudden see him just kind of snaking back through, and just he would be at the end of the line for an entire drill and never actually do one rep. So um, you know, it's. Uh, it's a uh, it's an unteachable skill, I would say. It you know, is it's just something that you're born with. And right. He was he was one of those guys. He was one of the fortunate ones. I was the one. I was the one toe picking and and you know falling all over the place right. after an all nighter. Right. You mentioned Kemper earlier. Of course, he's been a part of. He's played in four postseasons over the years. Most recently, back in 2020, and of course, he had that big game. Uh, against the Avs in the bubble when he stopped 49 of a, a 50 of 51 shots like based on what he's done how ready is Kemper for a potential deep playoff run to carry this team like a goal we usually needs to do well yeah I, I think you know based on what he's done especially this year um you know he, he came out I would say if you asked him he'd probably say he came out of the gates a little bit slow but at the same time it's a new system. It's new teammates. You're get, you know, you, you have to get used to the, the chances that, um, you know, different systems allow. And once he kind of got into his groove, I mean, he was arguably the top goalie in the league, you know, from, uh, I would say late December through, you know, through a good portion of February. And, you know, that's the type of goalie that he can be. And so I, I don't think if you asked around that room, I don't think there's a guy in that room that wouldn't have confidence in Darcy Kemper. And he's certainly good enough to help a team like the Avs and the way that they're built. Uh, he's certainly good enough to help them win a Stanley Cup. And, you know, if the Avs play the way they're capable, like I said, I don't think there are many teams that can hang with them. And you need to go, the goalie to make the saves that he's expected to make. And I think Darcy Kemper is more than capable of that. We're talking with John Michael Lyles, played in the league from 2003 to 2017. Of course, played for the Avalanche, also played for the Maple Leafs, Hurricanes, Boston Bruins and is listed at uh, 84 kilograms and 178 centimeters tall. You and I had a conversation last year about what makes a great playoff team. And you said your top two lines will get you to the playoffs, but it's your third and fourth lines that will help you win games in the playoffs. I'm not so sure if the Avs had those third and fourth lines last year. Do they now? I would say yes, uh, and I can't take credit for that. That saying, that's actually a Danny Heinold saying. I'm not um, giving you credit you know, for that. I'm not. No, no believe right, me, you're not getting yeah, any credit, JM. You're well, not getting any credit for that. 
Danny Heinel just wanted more credit because he was always on the fourth line. So, yeah. um, right. he, uh, <laughs> you know, him, him coming up with that, um, him coming up with that saying is not, uh, you know, not, not out of the ordinary. I will say the abs do have the depth to do it. Um, when you look at, uh, bringing Gabe Landeskog back after his knee surgery, and if he can get back to, I mean, you know, he was having the best season of his career. Um, you know, slotting him in on the top two lines allows you to slot a few of those guys. I mean, you know, Lekkonen has been amazing since he came over from uh, from Montreal. I've loved his game, and I, I really like that trade because I just think he's so smart. And he can play anywhere in your top nine. If you want him on the third line as a checking forward, he's so good. But he's skilled enough and smart enough to play with guys like Nathan McKinnon and Nazem Kadri and be effective on those top lines, which a lot of times, you know, those bottom six guys – it's it's tougher for them because they're so used to playing a certain way. But Lekkinen has been really um, just very versatile in that regard. Uh, you know, Nichushkin, I mean, he can slot anywhere up and down. I think now he's more valuable as a top six than a guy that played in the bottom six for a long time. So there's a lot of flexibility. If JT Comper can score in the playoffs, um, you know, that's a big one. I mean, he, he was close to 20 goals this year. And so... Those are the, the type of players that need to um, not only play their type of game with the checking and, and shutting down the other team's top line, but they, they can chip in offensively. That's how you win playoff rounds. Your bottom six have to be able to, to win those matchups and chip in offensively to take some of that pressure off of your top six. Got about uh, 45 seconds left. Uh, the way the Avs, let's just call it like it is, stumble down the stretch, any concern at all, or it's a new season now? No, and no concern at all for me. Um, I think that they're veteran enough that they'll be able to, um, you know, to know exactly how they have to play. I look at them, and and it was uh, I kind of categorized it as you know regular season fatigue. Um, you know, they they went on a heck of a run. They weren't going to really move up or down at all, aside from going for that President's Trophy. And honestly, Florida can have that ticking time bomb for all I care. So wow. I think, uh, Why do you I call think it that? Be just fine. Why do you call it a ticking well, time I mean, bomb? People, you know what? I it's it's not as um, I don't know. There's there's not. I, I don't think it's a curse. I just think that uh, it just puts an even bigger target on your back a lot of times. If you look at the ads last year, and they had that target on their back, and and uh, you know you go back in history, and it's a it's a pretty big target. So Florida can Florida can enjoy it. The only way that really changes anything is if they play the Panthers in the Stanley Cup final and it goes to seven games. So. John Michael Lyles, number four with the Avalanche. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. And uh, next time I see you, we should have some Jaeger bombs together in honor of Danny Heino. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. That sounds good. See you, pal. <laughs> Late. All right. Coming up after the break, Rocky Mountain Forest Products shout-out question. George Payton said the Broncos thought about taking a quarterback. Okay? And the guy they were looking at was falling. We believe we know who that guy was. Should the Broncos have taken him? That's next. Take me to your level. Show me the one I need the most. I need the most. I wish I knew you when I was young. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Oh, let's go. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. 
Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. Every Monday on the show, we do the Rocky Mountain Forest product shout-out question to Ty Calcade and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast, and here we go. George Payton said the Broncos thought about taking a quarterback that was falling, didn't name the quarterback. That said, we know the Broncos did a lot of work on the quarterbacks to be taken early, so to make an educated assumption that it was North Carolina's Sam Howell. Should the Broncos have taken Howell with one of their fourth-round picks? Let's take our North Carolina bias out. The only reason I would have is because of the what you can do with that sort of player. Like if if it's a if he's fallen, if you develop him at the quarterback position, you can trade him in a couple of years for more than what you invested draft wise. And the other thing is also you look at your backup room, and uh, with all due respect to Josh Johnson, he's been around a long time, veteran toward the end of his career, and Brett Rippon it probably would not take Sam Howell very long before he'd be better than what you have. And that's why I would have made the call. I would not have made this. I wouldn't have taken a quarterback at all. You and I talked about this before the draft, and I'll lay out some reasons. Number one, this is a re- every draft is important. I get that. But this one, where you're going to be up against the cap next year when Russell Wilson wants his contract, right? And um, number two, as of right now, you have five picks next year. You only had four picks going into the draft. Sam Howell would not be taking a first-team rep at all this year. Maybe not even next year. So Unless Russell Wilson got hurt. Okay, well, unless Russell Wilson got hurt. We're hoping that he doesn't. If he does, the season's going to probably be lost anyway. You need players who can play. I'm not looking ahead and saying, well, if this kid hits, in a couple years I might be able to trade him. You're looking for guys who can play right now. Now, in all fairness, when they took Brock Osweiler, I agreed with taking a quarterback because you're talking about a guy with four neck surgeries and you don't know if he's going to snap in half. Of course, that was the second round as opposed to the fourth round. Even so. I, think, I, I, I don't think you think about this until round four. Once it got to round four, I think that's where, if I'd been in the draft room, I would have I, I would have made the call and brought in the QB. Guys, what do you think? Um I'm not looking at Sam Howell and saying maybe I can trade him down the road for more picks. And But it's part of the value in addition to... The value is a guy who can play right now. In addition now. to somebody who is has a pretty good chance of at least being a very good backup. Well, we don't know that. And we don't know that about any of these guys, but we I think he's got more. I think he's got more tools at his disposal than the guys you have in there right now. He as, might as backup quarterback. He, he, he might. And you know what? As a matter of fact, and his I'll, vertical passing game, his vertical passing strength actually fits what Nathaniel Hackett would want to do. I agree with you on all of those points, but the expectation is he never plays. Next the year, hope I, is that he would never play. The expectation, the, the thing with the backup quarterback is that he could be the least important player on your roster, but there may come a point where he becomes the most important player on your roster. There are different approaches to this. I don't believe in skimping on what on, on the resources to backup quarterback, whether you're bringing in the best possible veteran that you can find, or whether you're taking somebody 
who has some tool, has some really good tools, happen to slip through the draft and is is just there. It's not something that you could have you could have expected. And I think this is where, even though you probably had a checklist going into the draft and backup quarterback was probably not on the checklist, this is one where I would have, if if it if I had been in the chair. I would have probably said, okay, let's adjust here and make that pick once he got to round four. I would have taken Matt Ariza with one of those fourth-round picks. A guy who's going to flip the field for you. I would have taken him in the fifth round, but I agree with you there. The like, point is, yes. I, w- I would take Ariza over Sam Howell. Sam Howell is a trading chip. That's what he is. Is that a bad thing? Um, if if he performs... In the, in the interim, he upgrades your backup quarterback position. And long-term, perhaps can turn to something more that you can something more than the value of the pick. I'm, I think it's a dual benefit. Fine. I'm looking for a guy who's going to flip the field game one with Russell Wilson as my quarterback, not a guy who I might be able to trade in three years for a third, third round pick. I think it's interesting that Ariza, I mean, and I'm pro Ariza and I, I, I would have taken him in round five mm-hmm. the way the draft board was going, but isn't it interesting that he was the third punter taken, right? It shows that, what Dwayne Stooks talked about last week, mm-hmm. that may be, a th- and, and look, we, Stooks, the way he analyzed it in terms of placement punting, very similar to what Tom McMahon might have said, right? Right. Um, it shows that, that that way of thinking is actually reasonably prevalent around the league. I think Buffalo, however, got an absolute steal with a, with a pick leading off the sixth round in a rise. I think, that, I think he's going to be a pro bowler very quickly. For Buffalo and his leg, if he strength, ever gets a chance to punt, his leg strength plays very well in those conditions. Right. I think they made a mistake by not taking him. The Broncos did. No question. No question. I would have taken him round five, but I agree with you. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance? Just in case you missed it, the season officially over for the Nuggets, but the second round of the NBA playoffs still going on as planned, of course. And uh, interesting happenings during an interview on Sunday Night Baseball last night. We'll talk about that as well on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us at mileysports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about a great decision I made back in January. I went to go see my guy, Dr. McCracken, at Denver Hair Surgery. The procedure was painless. The recovery was painless, and it wasn't even uncomfortable. We're at summer right now, basically, right? So you're going to go to the pool, right? You got that bald spot on top of your head. You want to have hair there? because of Dr. McCracken and Denver hair surgery, or do you want to have to keep wearing a hat? With that, Dr. McCracken, how are you, my friend? 
Good. How are you doing? I am great. I want to talk about the procedure and the technology that you use that makes it so painless, not only during the procedure, but what makes the recovery so easy as well. Because when I had a couple of hair transplants years ago, I have a huge scar in the back of my head. I have nothing except more hair now. So tell us about the procedure that you use that is so revolutionary. Right. Well, the procedure that you had was called a strip, where they cut a big strip of the scalp out of the back of your head and then take the hair out of that, and then you have that big uh, line in the back of your head that they have to stitch together or staple together. Uh, but, you know, we're not strippers. Okay, so what we do is we well, use follicular... Well, well, was, it, was that a double <laughs> entendre? Are you trying to be funny <laughs> on the show? <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'll leave that to you. You're okay. much better. Okay. Thank you. So... So uh, we use follicular unit extraction, which is where we take individual follicles from the back of the head. We use a little uh, hole punch, if you will, for lack of a better term. And that allows us not to have that giant uh, scar in the back, not that giant incision that can be uncomfortable and it's a lot more invasive. Uh, but we have these tiny little dots in the back where we take those individual follicles out, and that makes for a much quicker recovery without that linear scar in the back of your head. By the way, they call it the strip. Let's change the name. And you just said it. It does begin with the letter S. It's called the scar. It's not the strip. Mm -hmm. It's a strip scar is what it is. And that will be there for the rest of my life. I know everyone wants to know, when will they start seeing the growth after the procedure is done? I will tell you something interesting. Mandy, my fiance, said to me yesterday, she goes, this is really starting to grow in. So I know she wanted to be with a guy basically bald, but now she's stuck with me. <laughs> so how far are you? Are you what, a few months now? Uh, we had it done on January 14th. So we had it. Okay. And you and I got together about a month ago. And what's nice is we're, we're like in front where you could basically see right through my head because in the front there was really no hair. Now when I look in the mirror, and I try not to look that often because it's not pleasant for obvious reasons, I'm not seeing through all the way through the back of my head anymore, which well, is good, nice. Good. That's a good yeah, – and it's going to take – at about six months you start to see kind of a, a pretty good result, but it takes up to a year to get your full result. Okay. Well, that's good. What kind of deal do you have for our listeners, by the way? Uh, well, anyone who mentions this segment, we're going to do $500 off a transplant. And, and, and your staff, by the way, is just so stinking fantastic. Where did you find everybody? Because you really got the right people. Yeah, I tell you what, that's one of the, that's the most challenging part about having your own medical practice these days is finding people. But uh, we've got some of them, I, well, one in particular I worked with in the operating room and convinced her to come over, but most of them have just been uh, trial and error, and we've been lucky to find good people, and, and retention is really the key. The longer they stay with us, the more knowledgeable they become and the better they are uh, at serving our patients. So if you want to work with Dr. McCracken, and I don't know why you wouldn't, if you don't want to wear a hat to the pool anymore, if you don't want to wear a hat, period, and you want hair on your head, and you can have a procedure that is done that is absolutely painless. Again, and I've said this on the show before, 
I was taking videos while this was going on and posting them on Twitter, and the recovery could not have been any easier. Go to denverhairsurgery.com. That's denverhairsurgery.com. And I don't mean to embarrass you by saying this, Dr. McCracken, but not only do you own Denver Hair Surgery, but you're also a client, right? <laughs> That's right. I had the procedure myself uh, about three and a half years ago and been very happy with the results. And I say this in the most heterosexual way. You look fantastic. Well, uh, likewise, in a very heterosexual way as well. My man. I'm glad we could be heterosexual together. Have a great day, my friend. All right, you too. Thanks so much. Always nice to talk with you. Nice talking with you, Dr. McCracken. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the NBA playoffs have moved on to the second round, and yesterday, in the first two games of that round, both lower seeds won. The Bucks got the win in Boston over the Celtics, the Warriors over the Grizzlies in Memphis. Tonight, the Sixers take on the Heat in Miami at 5.30 p.m. on TNT, and then the Mavericks at the Suns, 8 o'clock p.m. on TNT. Unfortunate news for Sixers fans and the Sixers. No Joel Embiid for Philly as he did not travel with the team to Miami due to a fractured orbital. He's also in concussion protocol. Your expectations for tonight's games in the NBA. No Embiid for the Sixers. Nobody on the injury report, on the other hand, for Mavericks at Suns. So Devin Booker is playing in this. As far as I know, yep, he hasn't been reported out. Suns at full strength. I think the Suns are going to win this series comfortably. No Embiid. I think the Heat win tonight comfortably. I think the Heat are the better team anyway, but wouldn't it be something if the Sixers won this series without the most valuable player, according to people out there? Because if you took Jokic off the Nuggets, uh, I don't I don't think any game is closer than 20 points. Let, let's see if the Sixers win some games. Because if they do... Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah, wouldn't it, yeah. wouldn't it be funny? Just in case you missed it, for every Sunday night baseball game this season, a different MLB player will wear a microphone to speak with the broadcast crew. Last night, while being interviewed, Francisco Lindor fielded a ground ball to turn a double play for the Mets. Do you like the live, mic'd-up approach MLB is taking? Why not? I mean, why not? It livens up the broadcast a little bit. If the players, uh, if the players don't mind, uh, I'd love to see more, uh, more hot mic moments. Although. You know that something's gonna 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 slip through and uh, probably go viral off of it, but I, I like it. Generally speaking, I would rather watch a game on television than honestly be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're in when you're in the stands, you can't get that stuff. Yeah, it's it is interesting to think that like if you've got live stuff like that, between that, the quality of the broadcast now, the size of uh, of your screens. Mm-hmm. More, more and more, it's going to get more and more palatable to stay at home and watch rather than go in person. Right. I mean, that's why, you know, if let's say there's a new Bronco Stadium, right? Do you think that the new Bronco Stadium would seat 76,000 plus people? I don't, I'm not sure that it would. I think it might go down a little bit.
Why? Uh, because no show counts are higher than they've ever been. Um, and I think, and obviously, maybe that, well, they're, they're high because the team was not. Well, good. no, but I the mean, team's good. The even team's when good. the team was good, even when the team was good, it was still higher than it had been in, in past times. I think, uh, I think people are a little more inclined to, to stay at home now than they were. And I, th- I think, if anything, we're going to see. We've already seen it in baseball. Stadiums are going to get smaller. The Braves, for example, went from 50, 54,000 to forty-one thousand when they moved into their new stadium. So less people in person saw them win the World Series. Basically, yeah. No. Hmm. Okay. But you watched. I watched, yes. Of course you did. But again, the the, qual- the, qual- the at-home quality yeah. of, of the broadcast and then the convenience of having your own fridge with non-overpriced beer and whatnot, I mean, that uh, that becomes more and more alluring with every passing year. All right, that was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. And, and that's a big thing because let's say you want to buy like a Viking range. Once you cook on that thing, you really want it. I mean, there's something special about a Viking range. There's something special about an induction uh, ty- type of range. It, it, it changes your world, and you can't feel that if you're not actually trying it. And that's the type of customer service you are getting at Mountain High Appliance. You can go to any of their stores, Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center where they have extra low prices. And that place is in Denver. Coming up after the break, we are proud to introduce the newest member of Mile High Sports, Cody Rourke, who is now our Broncos insider. He is going to be joining us next to talk about the draft. Come on, baby. 